two, one. Hi everyone and welcome to the penultimate place to get your movie, TV, and reviews. This is episode 48 of the Cross Media Show and today's topic is Peacemaker Season 1 Review. But before we get into our discussion, if you're listening on your favorite podcast service, feel free to give us a good rating on that platform. It helps the algorithm and helps us grow our audience. If you're watching on YouTube, consider dropping a like and sub and don't forget to hit that bell to get notifications on all our shows like the penultimate game show, the Marvel Mondays initiative, and my show, Anime Nation. And if you're watching this on Twitch and have Amazon Prime, you're a Prime Gaming, which means you get one free sub. And we'd love if you gave it to us, but if not, that's quite all right. And for those of you who don't know me, my name is Ryan, host of Anime Nation, and here talking Peacemaker today, though. Just a bit like an anime, and I'm joined by some fantastic guests today. Like always, when any we anytime we got anything comic books, we all we gotta have the comic book kingpin Anthony. How's it going, Anthony? Hey, I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. It's uh, it's nice to see DC get some love outside of Batman, which is just where they go to by default. It's yeah, like nice to see them do something else and succeed. And last but certainly not least, we have the JRPG master, John. How's it going, John? It's been going very good. I'm very excited to talk Peacemaker. All right, all right. We just got some light housekeeping to do before we can jump right into that. Tomorrow at 6 p.m., we are going to be doing a Nintendo slash Pokemon Direct all-out talk on everything that basically what Nintendo and Pokemon Company have been up to these past few weeks. Then the next day after that, at 7 p.m., we have anime nation talking attack on titan final season if you have anything you want to say on either of those topics drop it on our speak pipe at speakpipe.com slash pen conquest and then our conquest for the week which is what our streams are is going to be on friday so be looking out for that friday afternoon surprise game happening and with that let's move into our first thought, our overall, our, our top layer thoughts on Peacemaker. John, what was your f- feeling on this season? What did you think about Peacemaker? Just surface level. Uh, I loved it. Um, it is exactly what I was expecting. Well, and then some, because I was, I was just excited for more James Gunn goodness, more John Cena as Peacemaker. Um, and I got like a lot of that humor, a lot of that balance between um genuine dark violence gory intense violence and humor but there was also a lot of moments where i i genuinely felt for these characters um especially like some of the new newer characters that they added um like vigilante like uh amanda waller's daughter i did not expect um these seemingly random characters to become like some of my favorite DC movie characters by the end of the series. All right, all right. And what about you, Anthony? Uh, surface level, uh, this is probably, again, this is, I watch a lot of comic book stuff. So James Gunn to me is Guardians and this. Uh, this is my favorite of the, the James Gunn comic book things he's done. And so uh, it was much better than I expected because personally, uh, the Suicide Squad film was like, all right, pretty good. Uh, not my personal cup of tea, but like I understood what he's going for. Good job. Uh, this fleshed out 
Peacemaker in a way that I didn't really expect it to. Because the reference point being Guardians, I expected this to be like very violent, like that not Superman, Superman movie he did with a little bit of the humor from Guardians. And so to be this kind of weird hybrid, but it got far more interpersonal and serious than I was expecting at all. And so it was very surprising and that helped it kind of elevate from like a peacemaker, nobody character into, oh, you're, you're trying something, you have a goal, you have a plan, which is so rare for DC, unfortunately. It is. It, it's interesting to see DC have ideas, have overarching things happening in the universe. That makes sense. Unlike the Snyderverse, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but what it really made me, it reminded me of out of uh, James Gunn's works, which is uh, Super. It reminded me a lot of the movie Super, if you, if you guys have seen that. Uh, yeah, was- I Super was actually the first James Gunn movie I watched, um, even before Guardians of the Galaxy, and this also gave me super vibes as well. You know, I'm going to call you out on that, John. I feel like you've seen the live-action Scooby-Doo movie. No, you you are correct. I saw both live-action <laughs> Scooby-Doo movies before, before Guardians and Super. Yes, that's that's true. Um, okay, I'm just making sure. Um, but the first time I knew who James Gunn was was when neither I played the video game Lollipop Chainsaw. That that was the first time that I learned the James Gunn name, and I was like, "Oh, the guy from Scooby Doo is writing a Suda Fifty One video game." Not looking forward to this. And it was pretty good. It it was pretty good, John. It was. And so my next question is, let's start off with: Did we like the overall like? direction the show went with the aliens and all that because it felt like there's three major plots you had people getting pissed off because of the actions of suicide squad um his the inner problems between peacemaker and his dad and then finding the aliens which is a lot to juggle with how small of a cast we had with this we had a really tight-knit family-like cast so how do you think they handled that john I thought they did a pretty good job. Um, I, I think what's also interesting is that this is only eight episodes long. And like you said, there's so much things they're juggling where at the very beginning, it seems like it's mostly concerned with the what the butterfly situation is. And meanwhile, uh, Peacemaker's racist dad is doing racist things in the background. And it feels like that's going to become more important. Um, and then you also have the cops investigating stuff going on and, uh, that feels kind of like its own thing for a while and you're not sure how this is going to come into play. And then I think they kind of end up tying them all together pretty well. Um, yeah, I, as of right now, I can't think of any like significant complaints about how the format of the show is working. All right. All right. You, Anthony? I was very surprised that they went into the alien side of it because I thought they had enough set up with the racist dad and the cops and Mm -hmm. peacemakers kind of being in the middle of wanting to be this hero, having this upbringing and having to, you know, work through that on a personal level. I felt like that would be enough for at least two seasons in terms of working through all that um, and kind of addressing not the state of the world, but 
some you know everyone knows what's happened yeah. in the world these past few years and this was an un, a very surprising and unexpected way to slowly start to address that and uh obviously not 100 percent serious but as all good art does it has a message it has a point it does try to expose because um, everyone knows hollywood is very much this uh, left-leaning presenting of ideas in terms of they're the ones that make the films. They want to talk about these things. And over these past few years, we have seen the rise of some more, I guess, right-winged focused uh, in terms of trying to get that kind of audience to, to watch their, mm. their projects, those sorts of things. Yellowstone is something that comes to mind, things in, in that nature. On Eastwood-directed um, films. Mm -hmm. And so this was an interesting way to slowly broach those topics in an unexpected medium, keep it fun, have the ridiculousness that happens in this show, but allow for these much more serious and genuinely heartfelt moments that I agree with John that did touch me that I did not expect. Peacemaker was going to be something that like, got me like, oh, dang, that, I feel that. Whoa, that was not what I was coming to this show for, but mm -hmm. I got it, which was excellent. Um, before I go a little bit deeper into it, I'm going to just say it now, uh, we're full spoilers now, or... or initial thoughts and everything is it's really good go watch it um and with that i'm gonna give my thoughts on i thought i thought they did it fantastically i didn't think i'd ever care about the people who were behind the suicide squad from the original movie in the in the offices and stuff i never thought i'd care mm -hmm. about this group and now they got me to care about them that's amazing the fact that I was worried Diebeard was going to die the entire final episode. Great. Also, they probably added my new favorite character into the DCEU with uh, Vigilante. I think Vigilante is one of the best written characters I've seen on TV in a very long time. I, I would watch a Vigilante movie. I'm not sure everyone feels like that, but if it if there was an entire movie of just this, like mid-twenties guy with no powers just kind of bumbling through a like serious superhero situation i i'd enjoy that well what i liked about vigilante is he's just a mall ninja like he's yeah. the guy who goes to the mall ninja store he bought the shurikens but he he actually like studied how to use them instead of just throwing them into his bedroom door <laughs> mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. he just kept mastering that and now is a very good fighter and i think that amazing mm -hmm. the prison scene is probably my favorite scene in the whole show mm -hmm. it's so good and that brings me into our next point favorite moments john what's your favorite moments from this show oh man uh i have the i have the wikipedia like descriptions of the episodes right here it is there are just so many good moments that it's hard to pick one but you don't have to pick one give me a few hmm you don't have to pick one. You can give me a few. Oh, okay. Well, the one of the first ones that comes to my mind is the situation where Diebeard is impersonating one of the aliens, um, possessing, pretending that they've possessed him, and then the one guy is like, "Why do you think he dyed his beard?" And then he just goes on about like exactly why, and he's <laughs> like trying to do trauma. it completely stone faced, and. And the fact that, like, they keep cutting between that and, like, the people um, who are, like, hearing him over the intercoms reacting to each other. And they do a really good job 
in in another kind of movie, this would feel really ham-fisted and cheesy, but then they do a close-up when he finishes talking, and the guy responds with, humans can be really pathetic, and you just see a single tear going down his eye, and he's like, yeah. And I think it's, it, it's just a really good... It's it's somewhat comedic because this has been this is like the payoff to a joke throughout the entire the several episodes in the series. But then you can also tell that like this is really getting to him, but he's also doing his best to like not let it out. Um, not because he can't let his emotions out, but because if he does, they're gonna be like you're a fake person. We know you're not a butterfly person, and get him. Um, Yeah, uh, go to the other guys because I'm I'm having yeah. trouble like thinking of other. No, good no, ones no, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, Anthony, what about you? Uh, for me, one of my favorite moments was when they brought up Peacemaker's brother. They just everyone just assumed that he killed him because of like his dad and him huh? being all, you know, this hard ass and all this sort of stuff. And then to find out what actually happened and to see him break down on the floor and to have you know the music and everything that was really powerful because we don't get a lot of these superhero macho people to just be normal batman started out as this vigilante dude who tried to help people and you could go back and watch these cartoons and see him interact like a normal human being with these villains try and help them but the films have taken it just like no he's this paranoid hard ass crazy dude he's never normal Get out of here with that. That's not what these characters were supposed to be. But that's did what the, we've... Did, did the films originally account. do that? It is a big part of it because Batman's presence outside of the films has been cartoons. And Because if I had in, to make a pick, I would just say it'd be the 90s cartoon that made him a yes, hard ass. Yes, but the 90s cartoon had many moments like, uh, just picking one, Robin's Reckoning has Robin's origin story, which for yeah. general audiences at the time, only frame of reference was the Adam West show. So that was very mm -hmm. popular. It got them awards. But in that moment, it's not Batman trying to be this crazy, no, you're not good enough. It's, I don't want to lose you. That was the drive to have Batman behave the way he did. He wants That's to very fair. That's very fair. And There's... then even throughout all the rest of JLA, you, you mm -hmm. see Batman's humanity throughout it. I think uh, I think it, it it's more that there were specific comic runs that were trying to subvert Batman mm -hmm. that became more popular than like the status quo Batman to the point where everyone thinks that the ideal Batman is the Dark Knight Rises Batman or that one comic run I think it was Mark Miller where they were like where he says don't you know who I am I'm the goddamn Batman and so. People, yeah. it's not even like comics themselves as much yeah. as comic panels of meme Batman that have become like the Batman TV series or uh, movies. No, no, okay. I have movies. to agree with that. And um, where's it going to go with this? I do think Peacemaker does an amazing job of showing the vulnerable side of the brutal, ultra violent um, hero. The, the, it was if we got to see Punisher have emotions, basically, yeah. instead of just killing mobsters for uh, two seasons. That's really what I would describe uh, Peacemaker's arc in this, because he is he's basically the Punisher. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. he has no powers or anything. He's just really good with a gun and big. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Well, he kind of has powers. That's a weird thing. It, where did that come from of like the quantum closet that his dad has? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, that's that's one of those like random like, OK, this man is part of the Suicide Squad, which means they go up against crazy stuff, which means he has to be able to handle himself in some sort of way. And so yeah. it turns out he's like one of those tech characters who has all these crazy tech gadget things. And it's mm -hmm. like, oh, so the Suicide Squad just gave him those? Like, no, his racist dad and his posse have someone in there who's like this crazy engineer sci-fi bro. And it's like, here, racist leader, you have this interdimensional portal in your house where you could make all these ridiculous weapons. Which was super annoying to me because I feel like the way easier way to explain that is uh, a really deep basement. <laughs> just like yeah. you can just, yeah. just have like, a, like, have like a, a stairway layer? where they open a metal door and then it's you just mean, that you room. mean a layer that is called a layer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because that was something like I so me and my uh, best friend were watching it week to week and we're like. Okay, I can get behind the aliens, parasites, yeah, that's that's normal, that's normal. Why does his racist dad have a por secret portal dimension to keep his shit in that's Doctor Who-like, that's bigger on the inside? Um, But my next question with this is, did you like the butterfly plot? Did you, did you think that was interesting? Because... I wasn't fully sold on it till I think it was episode three or four. Whenever they get Goff and he's just chilling with him, him vigilante and Goff are just smoking weed and having a good time. I'm like, OK, I can get behind this weird alien story. What about you guys? Does the butterflies work for you, John? Um, I was when they first like revealed like that insect people alien invasion is the premise for the show i was a little i don't want to say skeptical but i was like let's see where this goes i wasn't it, there are some times where shows does a reveal like that and you're like all in and you're like i can't wait till next episode yep. i was more like let's see what let's see what they're doing with this this can go a lot of different ways um i don't want to say it was bad but i i didn't really get what the what it meant thematically until like that last episode um or it might have been the second to last episode where she talks to peacemaker and she reveals like their their whole plan and we finally understand what judo master said earlier when he was like they're not what you think they're actually before he got shot um i i think it's interesting because uh it it, it works Part of why I thought it works then is because that's also when uh, his dad puts on the costume and they start running around um, and it kind of like ties together like a yin and yang sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But they're both like uncomfortable things where like one the the his father's side sort of represents like unkempt chaos of just like roll uh, by like the will of the people, but like not through any sort of like organized organization it's just people picking up guns and being like let's shoot everyone um and if if we happen to miss or shoot people that are minorities and not aliens whoops that was an accident i guess um and then like the alien subplot is like the complete opposite end which is like total control uh mm -hmm. suppressing complete freedom and how that um 
that that will inevitably affect some people more way more than others even if they claim to be equal um i thought i thought by by the end it all tied together pretty well um all right. All right. It, it definitely needed to see the whole thing through to get it now what about you anthony what did you think about that um i thought it allowed uh an interesting way to give peacemaker you know action sequences that were just generic fight scenes because again we've we briefly touched on it this is a very small cast and only really two of the characters are equipped for fight scenes and so having these semi-superpowered individuals be able to go up and do all these crazy things but not have it be so strenuous on the budget as compared to something like Pete Baker's father, where when he starts to fly off and all this sort of stuff, you could see the budget go away as he like gets closer to screen. You're like, no, 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 go back, go back. You were doing something. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. everything was fine. Uh huh. Uh -huh. I was like, your suit even looked good when it was like just standing there, but when you're moving in it, uh -huh. God, you're yeah, stiff. Uh huh. <laughs> but uh, it also created a lot of opportunities. I think the writers used this plot as an opportunity to present all these conflicts to Peacemaker. I, I which, agree. I agree. Which for me, no, it... no. Mm -hmm. I, I was just agreeing with you. Okay. Um, Where was I going to go with this? Okay. So we talked a lot about the serious side of Peacemaker and now I want to get into the more comedic side. Cause that's a big part of the show is, uh, it has a lot of comedy in it. Did the comedy hit for you, John? Uh, I I am just a sucker for James Gunn's style of humor. Uh, like I said, I I loved um, a, a lot of the jokes that were in Super. I uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, like both of those movies, are my number one and number two um, MCU movies. Uh, I just I really like the comedy. I really like how he blends comedy and uh, emotional drama together really well in those movies. So. Um, Suicide Squad and Peacemaker to me are just like he just keeps knocking them out of the part. I, I don't want to say with every single joke, um, but but like every time I finished an episode and every when I finished Su Suicide Squad, uh, I, I I felt like I had a really good time. Um, I I think he's a really funny guy. And I like how this stuff works. All right, all right. What about you, Anthony? Did the jokes hit? Personally, I'm not that big of a comedic individual in terms of when I go to entertainment. Comedy isn't something that I seek out. Uh, so when I get it, it's nice, but it's not like my priority in terms of it. But uh, there were some good jokes. There was also some very, that were not to my taste, I, I shall say, in terms of the, the raunchiness of it and how it went. That is not something that I look for. Okay. So some of those just kind of bounced off. But uh, there were some generally funny moments and it's nice to, to be surprised in, in these sorts of shows because when you watch a lot of superhero stuff and Disney's only been doing the Disney Plus shows for a little bit now, so generally superhero stuff is CW and that's not something you get very often. Every so often they make a creative choice. Like there is some breakdance sequence that happened on The Flash that was out of left field and hilarious, but it wasn't intentionally hilarious. <laughs> at least, at I, least saw, I don't think it was meant to be. <laughs> I saw a clip of Legends of Tomorrow where a giant teddy bear like yeah. does a body slam on a t-rex or something on, on a yeah. gorilla i think it was yeah there, yes legends is purposely a, a funny show that is where i do go to something like that for humor they do oh, have okay. giant care bears giant care bears fighting demons to save the world and yeah, all that. Yeah. but 
another good show for weirder humor is uh, Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol had some weird, weird humor I, in it. I've heard a lot of people saying, yo, if you want more Peacemaker humor, you should watch Doom Patrol, so I might be checking that out next. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, Doom Patrol is interesting. And now with that, that brings us to my next question, which is, I'll talk about the way this show ended in everything. I want to go full blown. We're going. We we've discussed the series. Now it's time to get into the fun part where we talk theories, and shit, because this show destroys all pretty much groundwork we had in that version of the DCEU with Holly Quinn in it and everything. With all we the aliens have invaded, we we got to see a great looking monster. Shout out to the cow. I was I was, couldn't wait to see what the cow actually looked like. I was like, oh, yeah, it's a big ass kaiju. Fantastic. I, I think um, my favorite part is it's like a weird it, it is a specific James Gunn thing where he loves doing things that are like really ugly, but a little bit cute and you kind of feel bad for them. But they're definitely evil. So you have to kill them because like it has these giant eyes and it does not look like it's having a good time ever. Like even if they left it alone, <laughs> it looks like it's a painful process. <laughs> it's a pain creature but no so we get the ending of this show is Adebayo outing her mother in the entire deep state of the government suicide squad plan and how they've been using supervillains to pull off different um, world ending threats across the world for the United States best interest which just utterly destroys Suicide Squad um, in this whole universe that they've created inside Suicide Squad's universe. So the Harley Quinns, the Birds of Prey, all that. Which is a really interesting thing to do in a TV show. That feels like something you do at an end of a movie. It did not feel like something you do in the end of a just a TV show. So where do you see this taking us for that, John? Do you have any fears of where this is going? Because now Suicide Squad, I'm going to guess, over. Yeah, I cannot imagine them uh, making a Suicide Squad without something happening in Peacemaker 2 to make it feel believable. Um, I'm I'm honestly at a loss for what I where I think this show can go. Like, um, it kind of felt like they were setting it up to do what I assumed the show was when I was going into it at the beginning, which is um, Peacemaker and this, like, gang of misfits sort of, like, taking on, like, supervillain threats. Minor supervillain, not, su like, Superman, Aquaman-level supervillains. Um, just now, instead of, like, doing it unofficially through the government, just kind of doing it on their own, mm -hmm. um, I... I don't know what... Because... We'd also, I feel like part of how the Suicide Squad works in the DC universe is you have the Justice League going on in the foreground as well, um, at, at like as a proper organization and not just five superheroes that fought a guy once. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like it's, it's hard to dis see where the DC universe as a whole is going without like justice league being an organization where like they have a giant tower and batman is like paying people to do paperwork and stuff 
as opposed to just um sort of like the first comic run where like the five of them get together and fight super villains for a while for no i definitely um have to agree with that that it in a world without a justice league because in this universe we well we, we do have a justice league we see them they they come around which is amazing uh, that they got the they they, they did it <laughs> two of them but two yeah. um one of them is big I'll, I'll give him that having jason momoa come in for yeah, a scene yeah i'll give him that one that one's a big one because i'm like okay i would i would have expected superman over him i was like i feel like henry cow's got nothing else to do and he's playing warhammer at the home and he he didn't come mm-hmm. by and mm-hmm. you say uh, that but he he's, burned those bridges he might have been shooting witcher that season two that's right he did burn those bridges i forgot he went off <laughs> he went off a little bit now anthony what about you where do you see this taking the dceu well at least this part of it the suicide squad world that as John said, it is an interesting moment in this DC landscape because we have the Flash film on the horizon. That is, from the producer standpoint in terms of DC, that is their goalpost. Do this Flash movie, reboot, and then who knows what happens after that outside of Batgirl. So to have yeah, this, yeah, this small section of the DC universe, this Peacemaker section, to put their big stamp and be like, Yes, I know Aquaman was a billion-dollar movie, but we got him to come back to make a terrible fish joke that undermines all the progress we made with that billion-dollar movie. And was there progress made with that movie? I mean, you say that, but before that movie, Aquaman was a joke. That that thing made a billion dollars. That is ridiculous to get a character who has this joke in the public eye. To Did get... it just do really well in China? Did no. it do really well internationally? Yeah, it did well internationally, and so that's one of because those. Because I thought it where... flopped here in the states. No, 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 no. Like it may not have done like great day like week one, but it kept going. It made a billion okay. dollars. Okay, that's good. That's good because yeah. I always thought it. Because I remember hearing like it flopped opening weekend, and usually oh. that's never a good sign. Yeah, there's so I never thought the, to the look back and, at it. Yeah, all the all the write ups and stuff. But to get, I think, I think it had two, a. Uh, yeah, it had a holiday release, so it was like the only like action movie throughout like Christmas through New Year's. So people just were like, "I'm gonna watch Aquaman like four times. I'm bored." Yeah, I think. So to have this pocket universe of with it's this stupid universe where these supervillains now no longer have to, it seems like have bobs implanted in their head and have to deal with all that, and to have Amanda Waller which is can be in various stories this mover and shaker in terms of getting supervillains and superheroes into making these big threats and fights and things that could create movies this could have been something that they could have spun into various movies if anyone in charge had plans but they clearly don't so like just get rid of it we don't know what to do with it and so they did and so now we have amanda waller we have her children which are introduced in the comics they're not new but they're not used very often because the suicide squad never got never getting rid of in the comics because it makes them so much money so much in terms of comics uh so to have a moment with two big actors and two doubles in silhouette uh, to kind of have that as a moment to be like okay yes 
Justice League has happened. We don't know which version we're going with until they say so. But Justice League has happened. These characters this is are our Flash, though. This is, <laughs> this this is, is our, our Flash. We don't care if you're upset that he pushed that one person. He is our Flash. Get over it. And this so, is our Flash, and this is our Aquaman, because yeah. we're already in that second movie. Yes. We could have maybe done Wonder Woman, but like that second movie, not so great. And like she's busy doing God, other don't stuff. Bring up, don't bring so up 1984. We're just going to push that over there so you don't think of it. Uh, good god uh no it's just so interesting that this is the landscape and now this brings into something totally unrelated to where we're at right now but dc's landscape is all over the map we have batman this week mm -hmm. which is a completely different new universe yep. that we have not experienced ever <laughs> then we have flashpoint and shazam right those are the next two ones Batgirl's in there somewhere on HBO Max, too. That's right, that Batgirl will be on there. Is that there. a movie or a series? I can't remember. That'll be a movie on HBO Max, not mm -hmm. in theaters. Which, okay, what uh, does that look like? What do, What's a direct-to-home video DCEU movie looking like? Well, it's got <laughs> the guys that did Bad Boys for Life 2. It looks like they're going to have Nightwing in it in some form or fashion. What, what a prestigious know, movie. Bad Boys for playing? Life 2. Uh, the villain? Is, no, uh, 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 Dick Grayson, Nightwing. Do I don't think they've playing? they've said officially yet. Okay, because it better girl. be hot. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like, Nightwing is known for two things, and it's being Robin grown up and having a really, really nice ass. Yes, like, that's that is, not me. Uh, that's the yeah, comic lore. That is unfortunately true. There are many uh, panels. Uh, even like recently, there's a Harley Quinn animated comic book. There's a section of the chapter dedicated to complimenting Nightwing's body, but I respect that. Yes. Uh, Why is J.K. Simmons playing Commissioner Gordon in this? Because in Justice League, he was Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. And this is all related, so he was has he? to come back. Yes. Yeah. All of he, he was supposed to have actual scenes, and it was it was building into the. Um, it would be Batman movie or whatever. Yeah, the Batman movie with I forget his name, but that Batman that was supposed Batfleck. to have Affleck. Yes. Affleck, yes, Ben Affleck. Um, and then he like got super ripped because there was that that image Twitter image he posted in like 2017 where he was like some Batman quote, and it was him at the gym and he had like bulging muscles, and then I uh, remember like, this now. Muscles. Yeah. I don't I, I believe he was only in the the Snyder cut too. Like I think Joss Whedon cut all his scenes. He was in, he was in the Was the he Joss in Batman Whedon. v Superman? No, there was no, no. Batman v Superman Gordon scene. he was cast, I was trying to cuz I he was like, cast movie so Batman foggy in my head. Yeah. I'm just like is he in Batman v Superman? No. There's a spear in that movie. I think there's a rooftop. I think they used the bat signal once. Uh-huh. Um, um, no, I'm looking at this cast right now that they have for this Batgirl movie, and this is why. <laughs> why is Brendan Fraser playing Firefly? <laughs> That's annoying because I know he's also I forget his name, but the robot in Doom Patrol. I'm robot, like, man. you can't. He's robot. Can't do that. Oh, yes. Robot Man. Okay, yeah, That's... very simple. <laughs> I haven't seen the I... show. Otherwise, I definitely uh -huh. would have said that. Yeah. Are they having? So they signed Keaton for Batman in this? 
Yes, I don't know if you're aware. They're basically doing Batman Beyond, but with Batgirl. Yeah, so they're doing Batman Beyond oh, Batgirl. Okay. okay, so he'll be... Oh, and oh. then the and then this ties into Flashpoint, because isn't he in, he's yeah. in Flashpoint? Yep. All it's, right. I tell you, I, they're I, trying to start with Flash. That's their goal. Get to Flash, and then from there, they're spitting out mm -hmm. however they mm -hmm. think they can make it work. I wonder so. how that's going to work with this Batman movie, which is getting very mixed reviews at the moment, but it sounds like it's going to be good. It's going to be at least medium okay good. Mm -hmm. I don't see it being worse than like a 70 in my book. Well, that's a very good movie in my opinion. I don't, all right. A 70? But yeah, if like... I consider how many that's, things, a, that's a C. How many things can get, how many things can get a 10? How many things get a five on average? You're looking at a seven, eight, six, somewhere in there for yeah. most movies. Yeah, that's a good movie. That's a but good movie. It's a good movie. It's a could be a waste of that's Batman. That's the though. movie. It's like how Batman Begins. Like some people saw it, and then The Dark Knight. Everybody saw it. It, yeah. it might be like that. The beginning. Mm -hmm. But um, my thing is just. It's a completely different strategy than what Marvel's doing. To of course, of course. Yes. To mm -hmm. build a not even a universe, but these individualized stories that kind of connect to each other really loosely. The multiverse. That is their their stick. Now. That's their stick, right? Mm -hmm. Because no. again, if I remember reading comics when I was like twelve and fifteen, mm -hmm. Flashpoint was the whole universe because he ran too fast, colliding in on itself, and all the other multiverses colliding in on themselves because he could travel through them using speed force. Mm -hmm. Fuck yeah. with shit. He had to save his mom and ruin everyone's life in the process. Yes, and then we got the new 52. Yep. Right? Did that spring new 52? Batman yep. was a caveman. He was a pirate. That was a weird time. For that comics. was Grant Morrison weirdest. We just... Uh... Grant Morrison believes that. That man believes himself to be a god, so we let Grant Morrison do whatever the fuck he wants. Because uh -huh. he put I just... good stuff. I, I personally really like Grant Morrison's uh, <laughs> works in different comic book mediums. His X-Men run? Amazing. Interesting. I'm just but, waiting for sh the next Shazam because I think right now of the like modern DCEU, Shazam was my favorite movie out of there. So that's was, the one I'm the, the Shazam the, Fury of the Gods is what I'm looking yeah. for. And it was the worst performing one out of all of them, unfortunately. Which is a damn shame because it was yeah. actually okay. Yep. It had the yeah. weakest villain I've seen in a very long time. Mm -hmm. But the overarching plot was great and like shazam himself was great mm -hmm. and the ending with the alien parasite bugs which i don't know why they didn't use for this because we already had another alien parasite bug at the end of shazam that's a good point that's they a good point they plan things they got silos they got james gunn doing his own thing over here they got the shazam director doing his own thing over there trying to work with the rock that's where something they couldn't just think they're like just could lead it in that way Something that I find so funny about the Suicide Squad is that when uh, Man of Steel came out, um, the idea was like Superman is the first metahuman, like the first superhero the world has seen. And then this show is like there are dozens of these whacked out weirdos with superpowers running around and the government is just really good at tracking them down and Superman and... And Woman, Zod with the, yeah, those are just the ones that they couldn't jump on fast enough or like get them to like be stealthy about it. 
they made too many good decisions and they can't throw them in jail quick enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. All right. So this ending, there's a few places where I can see this going. I could see a suicide squad almost for hire type movie where because this group is broken out from the end of Suicide Squad, James Gunn, I could see him doing one where they work just as like an organization. You, They can be rented out for your jobs. Mm -hmm. I could see that. Or the other option is we go Birds of Prey 2, which I think is a more likely option. Did that movie do good? Did Birds no. of Prey do good? No. Did it not? Just before the pandemic hit, it came out. Oh, uh, yeah. The mixed reception. That's right. I forgot. I thought it came yeah. out in. I thought it was a Christmas movie no, for some reason. Early, early pandemic. That's uh, right. It was February. It's the last movie I saw before everything went to shit. Mm -hmm. That's right. I just could remember. It's like in that beginning stage. So I was like, it was December. It did. was a Christmas film. That's a shame that it didn't do well. That was that was arguably my favorite movie they've uh, done so far. The writer it, for that is doing the Flash. So, yeah. We'll God, they're really betting everything on the Flash doing well. Yeah, uh, a notoriously hated superhero. I don't know about. Is he? I thought I I see right below Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. The next one I see is Flash on like pe random people wearing T-shirts. On random people wearing T-shirts. You see, I see green of, of the I Justice League. I see Green Lantern more often. I see a lot of Lantern shirts. See. Growing up, I did not know Green Lantern was a thing until Justice League, the animated series. And I always thought Jon Stewart was like the original comic book. Uh, so when Green he Lantern. was in black, that must have been a real shock for you. Yeah, so, but like, even before that, like, I knew who the Flash was. Like, that there was a super fast DC superhero and his name was Flash. That's fair. I guess the Flash is you got popular. popular. I guess our, I just... We're on our second Flash TV show. This is even though it's been going on for eight years, it's mm -hmm. only the second. There was one before that. It may not have been great, but it was there first. I, I see. I just remember people getting mad at the Flash TV show when it started to really it. drop in quality. That might be it then. Because yeah. it started off. That started off so strong. Yes, it did. I, yes, I remember. Yeah. Um. Something I find funny. I keep seeing that clip of like a scene from the Flash with really bad CGI where the Flash is running, and then he looks back and he goes, "Um, I." No idea what the context is. It just seems really funny without it. Now, um, that pretty much wraps up what I want to talk about with DC in that front. But I got one last question here. Because we're a couple days out from it. I want Batman hype levels because I have the comic book guys here. I have people I know who will be probably seeing that. Mm -hmm. So, Anthony, about... uh, what, you, are you hyped for Batman? I am hyped. We... My family rented out, you know, AMC does theater rentals, so we did yeah. that. We're going, it's booked, we're ready. Nice, nice. From the reviewers that I've seen that are also comic book fans, they're very excited for it. From my understanding, the first two thirds, very good. The last third, a little bit shaky, but that's most comic book movies at this point, which is unfortunate. But from what I understand, the Robert Pattinson does a great job as, as Bruce Wayne as Batman. He does a great job with the director, did mm -hmm. a, you know, a good job bringing this world to life. And it seems like many people would be interested in seeing him make a 
bat verse where you make like you know like Catwoman movie and you know his other all the other stuff. Forget everyone else. <laughs> Just have like a again we're we're there. moving that all the way. Push uh -huh. it out of here. Uh -huh. We are now. This is bat verse. Yep. That's like suicide verse over there. That yep. that's Snyder verse. Don't even look at that one. When you really think about <laughs> it, that's honestly the best way to do a Justice League because that's what the comics were. They were self-contained universes that one day they were like, what if. Batman and Super hung, Superman hung out for a little bit. People yeah. like them. What World's if finest. all of them hung out for a little bit? That sounds cool. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. Um, John, what about you? Are you hyped for? Are you hyped for the Bat? I'm. I'm not sure because it's really giving me like dark Batman vibes, and I'm kind of tired of dark Batman. Like. When I say dark Batman, I don't mean like I want Batman to be. I mean, I do want Batman running around in the rainbow suit, but I understand that that's not what's going to get people to watch a live action Batman movie. Um, yeah, I know. Um, but I, I just feel like every time people are like, we're going to make a dark Batman movie, that means that they're going to like get as close to the R rating as they can. Batman's going to not have a pleasant moment the entire film, and he's going to like stare outside while it's raining and be like, why do people die? I, Alfred, I'm sad. And Alfred's going to be like, man, you've been sad ever since you were, your parents died. And he'd be like, yeah, people are sad when their parents die. And that's my entire personality. I'm in my thirties. Uh, I, I hope it isn't. I, uh, I, I'm not, I just wish, like like we were saying earlier in the animated, in the nineties and justice league animated series, Batman had these really pleasant moments. Like there's a clip that I've seen of the Justice League where there's like a child that has like psychic pro psychic powers and she can't control them. And she's gradually like destroying herself. And it, it, mm -hmm. it, it leads to a situation where she's going to basically die. She can't stop it. And so Batman just sits down with her so she won't be alone when she dies. And he's not like saying anything mean. It is just a grown man helping a child through an awful moment in their life. Um, similar, there's another episode of the original animated series where Harley Quinn gets greenlit by um, Arkham Asylum to be released. She is, they have deemed her sane. She is ready to go out in the world. And uh, she breaks down in the middle of it because people see her as a criminal. They keep uh, like bringing up the things that she's done. Um, admittedly, she is also carrying or walking her hyenas in public. Not a great decision on her part, but she they are on a leash and she's trying her best to not let them hurt people. And then um, Batman it was following her the entire time. Not so much because she he doesn't trust her, just because he was hoping like he says, like after he takes her back to Arkham, she was he was like, I really thought that she would have been the one to overcome this and become like, uh, go back into the world and mm -hmm. just get get beyond all this. And he also says something along the lines of, if she ever gets to that part of her life, I will make sure that like the world accepts her. Um, and I want that Batman in the movies at some point. And I'm not sure we're gonna get that from this. Robert Pattinson no, if, movie that has red lettering in the title and a angry Michael Giacchino soundtrack. I am. I'll be honest though. I here's the thing. 
not of just superhero movies, but in this person's humble opinion, the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight trilogy itself is uh, this is probably the best movie trilogy ever made. It, in my humble opinion, it is the best of superheroes we've ever seen. But it never humanized Batman. What it did was humanize the villains. Mm -hmm. The reason why The Dark Knight is so good is, yes, Heath Ledger gives an insanely amazing performance as Joker. But the underrated part of that movie, and the part people forget, is how well it humanizes and explains why Two-Face is the way he is. Mm -hmm. The one bad day scenario. The If you can break a man, this is what happens. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm kind of hoping this movie does for the Riddler. Now... I'm going to get some hate from this, but I uh, I hate Jim Carrey's Riddler. I hate that that's what people think of when they think of the Riddler. I mean, is, does anyone like in, in 2022, when we have our understanding of what comic book storylines can be, does anyone still love uh, Jim, Carrey's Riddler? Jim Carrey's Riddler as as a genuinely good villain and not as a I saw this when I was a child in the 90s and that gave me good feelings and I like those memories? Like, I think even people who like Jim Carrey's Riddler are like, that was a good memory I had when I was five. And I I don't hate that. But well, I don't think I, anyone is like, that is who the Riddler is, ideally. No, I, I think the the first time I got really good representation, outside of comic books of who the Riddler is, is the Arkham games. I think the Arkham games did Riddler really well. As this nut job putting out basically bombs and shit across the city that works for the Riddler. Mm -hmm. So it seems like they're doing year one for Batman. This is the year one storyline. It's going mm -hmm. to be Riddler messing up Gotham, trying to take out Bat. It's going to be probably his first supervillain. If I had to make my guess for this universe. Mm -hmm. And I'm really hoping it does that. It humanizes the Riddler. It gives me that performance of like okay i get why he's doing this now i get why he's a deranged dude mm -hmm. that's all i'm really hoping to get out of this movie if cool. it does that and it looks good mm -hmm. and it's shot really well i'll be happy for the but, uh, in particular there is the adam west riddler which doesn't come up as often but it's effectively the jim carrey riddler and so yeah, isn't it just like a kooky guy it's a kooky yeah, guy it's a, right it's a kooky guy yeah. with his crazy little puzzles and so the... That was the vibe that Batman Forever was going for. Yeah. Honestly, it was like trying to re recapture the Adam West style of Batman. Did that one have bat nipples? Is that the no? Bat that was West? Batman and Robin. Batman. Okay. It's like uh... Batman Forever was like at an eight or a nine, and then Batman Ro Robin turns it all the way up to eleven, maybe a twelve. Oh, okay, I understand now. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going for a rating. I was like, hold on a second. I was but, like, that movie's like a six. <laughs> but, uh, for the Riddler itself, there isn't, unfortunately, a lot of great Riddler stories. There's, There are many great Two-Face stories. There are many great Joker stories. Mm -hmm. Catwoman has a great backlog of stories you can go read. There aren't that many Riddler stories. And so for them to take the premise of the character, which is to, to question, to, to force Batman to use his detective skills, which we don't get as much in these films, mm. to take it and change it up, is so needed for that character because outside of the suit and the riddles and the little gadgets, he's kind of cane. like Joker. Yeah, the cane, he's kind of like mm -hmm. Joker. And so this is this yeah. needs to be a way to differentiate him outside of the Arkham games as the dude you hate because of all the puzzles. Mm -hmm. uh, no, he needs to be he needs to be year one Riddler, where he was this weird 
almost like psycho terrorist who was like just toying with the Batman to not break him, but take him out and take out the city who scorned him. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I think that's a great character dynamic. And in this one, it sounds like he's going to be crossed between that and Jigsaw. So I can't wait to see where that takes us. And with that, that really uh, closes us out. And we're just going to do a, a little ad break, and then we're just going to do our final thoughts on everything here. And that would be, this episode is brought to you by Budsprout. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, which is why we've partnered up with Budsprout to help you succeed. Budsprout gets your shows listened to in every major podcast platform. So join a hun- hundreds of thousand podcasters already using Budsprout to get their message out to the world. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, and most importantly, detailed analytics to show you how people are listening and how you can promote your episodes. Uh, follow the link in our description down below and let Buzzsprout know we sent you and you'll get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan. And it helps support our show. Now back to the show. And that brings us to final thoughts on this Peacemaker. I just want your final thoughts on that. John, what you got anything left to say on Peacemaker? Uh, not not a whole lot. It was a really good show. Uh, I thought it was pretty well paced, which is easy to do with eight episodes. I guess you can always like rush too fast or something. I guess uh, Boba Fett was a good example of a poorly paced uh, short short episode series. Um, uh, I liked the humor. I liked how they mix score with uh, like intense uh, action scenes with moments where we get to see um, John Cena like emoting and uh, Peacemaker having like dealing with his like emotional problems. Uh, something I didn't get to get into that I really liked is they portray Peacemaker as someone who who genuinely wants to be better and doesn't realize that some of his behaviors are as awful as they are. Um, and it's sort of like unlearning the like racism and misogyny that was taught to him by his father. And like, it does a really good job of highlighting how it's as frustrating as it can be. Some of the people that you think are awful people just genuinely don't know any better. And if you took the the difficult chance of like trying to inform them of how they could be better maybe they could improve um it it speaks a lot like because this was obviously written in bit or after but it was like in that period where um james gunn got fired by disney before getting rehired and right after suicide he made suicide squad in that situation so i feel like he more explicitly deals with that or uh puts a lot of those emotions into here and it really shows and it really works. I, I have to agree with that. Anthony, final thoughts? Uh, as a final thought, I would like to give a shout out to the supporting cast. I think they all did a great job. They made their small to medium roles, interesting characters. They did a great job portraying it. The The action scenes were good, not just Peacemakers. There were a lot of other action scenes. and uh, The chainsaw scene was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I believe it's... Uh, at at a bio is that how you say the name? At a bio, yeah. At a bio. Uh, it's nice to get 
these interesting and different portrayals for female characters in terms of not just, be, just being a love interest or a damsel in distress, but to have a character who is effectively a normie put yeah. in a situation where they have to deal with these ridiculous things and to see the choices that the these types of people have to make on a regular basis and to have someone genuinely have struggle or conflict with the choice they had to make because normally superheroes i do the right thing and that's it and it's the villain i do what i want and damn the consequences and it's nice to have someone just be like yo i was asked to do this thing it wasn't that great i feel terrible i need to like deal with this <laughs> it's nice to see my final thoughts are that this is what a superhero show should be it is well contained it finishes the plot that it started in the beginning, it has a through line with the character. You see growth in the character. It did what I've been hoping Marvel shows would do for a lot of these smaller characters that they've given time to. Especially that Cap um, Captain America and Winter Soldier, that kind of deal. Falcon went to Soldier. Mm -hmm. I wanted uh, the way I learned and cared more about Peacemaker to be the way I'd care about Falcon and Winter Soldier. Didn't happen, though. But I think this is a great way to show the humanity side of these tough, badass kind of guys. And I have to agree that supporting cast did a fantastic job. Um, there's so many just great moments between them, especially like when they're just driving around and stuff, just them talking was so good. Mm -hmm. The fact that he is now the cop and he puts on his desk, a photo of them all just chilling. Great. All great. And um, I just, I can't wait to see where this universe goes. I can't wait to see that. And, um, yeah, just fantastic show all around. Keep it up. DC, you are... I hate to say this. You're doing well at the moment. Do not do not drop the ball. God, just hold the ball tight. <laughs> Please. And with that, that brings us into plugs. John, what's your plug in today? Uh... I don't have much going on, so just uh, head over to my Twitter at Noisy Shark. Um, I'll probably be making a lot of Elden Ring memes because um, that game has some interesting, funny moments for such a, a, a intense experience. So that's that's all I'm up to right now. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, uh, Anthony, what about you? Uh, so I work in television, so I make uh, I help make Hometown Living for WPT. It's a lifestyle show that focuses on spotlighting local community events, fundraisers, charities, that sort of thing. Uh, so check that out. We are now fully staffed, which means I get my free time back. It's not just oh, me lovely. Making, making the TV show. So I will finally get to get back to making a lot more uh, content, which is nice. I can't wait have. to see what you make and I uh, can't wait to have you here a little bit more often to talk DC. Mm -hmm. um, and finally, that believes it to me. I'm just plugging my Twitter like usual, which is RyanTheLine3055. And you go there, you can see wherever and whatever I'm up to on this wild world, the internet. And with that, all I got to say is I hope in season two he gets to use the helmet that gives people scurvies inside a 10 meter range. Have a great night, everyone. Good night.